You're listening to Prep Insider Radio with your hosts, Tommy Morris. Good. This is nothing to do with Sage Creek Baseball, I'm sorry, but have you seen a series of fortunate events? Christian Pedersen. I mean, I'm out here grinding. I'm putting in hours. I'm getting there at 5 a.m. to cheer on the water polo team at practice. I'm showing up to our basketball team. I'm showing up to our football games. We don't even have a football team, and I'm supporting that. Noah Laxina. And Noah Laxina's number three tip for Valentine's Day is... Chill, man. Things are going to be all right. All right? You don't want to force it. Let it happen. You're going to be all right. And Bodie De Silva from Scorebook Live. I mean, he brought basketball into that one. I got to give him 9 out of 10. I like that. What's happening, sports fans? We welcome you into another episode of San Diego Prep Insider. I'm Christian Pedersen. That's Tommy Morris. On the Zoom call today, we've got Bodie DeSilva from Scorebook Live. He's the official digital content provider for the San Diego CIF Sections Partners. Bodie, um, what do we got? We got the 98 swag. Oh, we got the dog making an appearance. Yeah, um, the Fred McGriff t-shirt jersey. Okay, the Fred McGriff t-shirt jersey. Then what's the hat? What era is the hat? What do we got? Uh, that's current. That's current. Okay. Uh, next up to him is Bodie, or next up to him is Noah Laxina. He is currently dressed, as I described it, with uh, 90s rap icon swag, um, wearing a old Padres hat, got a nice little chain going on. Now I'm curious, Noah Laxina, um, a 1998 or 96 Padres hat. What 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 year did that say on there? 96 division champ. Okay, so I how does somebody born in 2000 uh, come across a 96? I was born 98. Okay, how does someone born in 98? I got, I got this. This is my a gift from my grandpa. Okay, he it down to me. Very nice. I remember the 98 season, not quite the 96 season, but hey, it's all good. And finally, uh, joining us, somehow drifting further into the retired redneck category, Colton Toll, our intern. He's got a Bass Pro <laughs> Shop hat and a... Uh, Tommy, can you see? Can everyone everyone can see oh, that, yeah, Colton? Yeah, okay. I'm killing the game. Colton, oh, damn. I just uh, messed up our... Uh, oh, no, we're good. We're good. All right, everything's good. Um, so... Uh, in studio, though, with me is Tommy Morris. Tommy is... I wanted to be known. I didn't know we were doing video today. Otherwise, I would have dressed up a little bit. Just want that to be known. Hey. I don't always dress. Well, yeah, but uh, 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 Noah's place. sister thought that she wasn't going to need the car in the morning. Bodie De Silva thought that he was going to have sound working on his computer. And Colton probably thought that he was going to wake up driving a big rig through the Midwest, delivering supplies for uh, Walmart. Um, uh, I think that uh, we, you know, we're all on missed expectations for the day. So, look, guys, two things I want to talk about. One is, even though this is a high school sports show, we can talk about the Padres game, thankfully, because there is a direct tie-in, and that is uh, Tommy Edmond, the yes. La Jolla Country Day alum that is both a nuisance to the Padres, and nice to see. All-around good human being, um, though. Ooh, I don't know about that. He's an all-around good human being. No, okay, so let's put this on the poll. Is Tommy Edmonds still a good human being if the Cardinals beat the Padres? Yes. Am I am I being too direct there with that one? Yeah, you're being, yeah, it's kind of, you're being <laughs> Fair enough. Fair enough. <laughs> uh, hey, look, man, I, I guess I don't I know quite my emotional uh, boundaries yet I on this Padres series. I am outrageously biased when it comes to that kid, so I... Yes. Okay. So here, he, so the, the the Padres thing, we can bring that up as much as we want because everyone's rocking all their Padres gear. The second thing going on throughout the show is I've mentioned off and on that we are beta testing Twitch and stuff. So you will see us do stuff like this, where we cut over to Tommy and myself playing Mario Kart. This is so that down the line we're going to have guests come in, and I will say this in a 
small clip so we can put it out there. Hey, everybody, if you would like to be an in-studio guest and come play some Mario Kart and talk about committing to a D1 school or playing high school sports, hit us up at SD Prep Insider on Twitter, on Instagram. All right, so we're going to have that, and then we're going to have the in-studio, and you're going to be able to hear everybody, and it's all going to be fun and dandy. Um, but really, the one thing that I want to kind of talk about is we are at the 10-week mark right now from the start of training camp slash season one slash student official CIF activities. Over the past week or so, a hashtag let us play has very much exploded across social media within the high school realm here. With subsequent debate of when is it appropriate to start allowing high school athletes to be back on campus, have official activities, all of that kind of stuff in a official capacity, not in a they have to go do it with their private trainer or do it at home, but to be doing it as an actual team sanctioned by the school, that kind of an event. I want to know from you guys, because running the gambit we have, we have all played football or or Bodie has you know played Jeremy Tyler in a movie. Um, so we know that he <laughs> has the uh, the body of a Division One slash NBA player. Um Warriors great, Jeremy Tyler. Warriors great. Uh, what was the Tel Aviv? What was the Tel Aviv team that he played for for six McCarty hours? Yeah, yeah, exactly. Um, but we've all been in various levels of sport. We're all we. Some of us are coaches in this conversation, so I think we have maybe different opinions and, and opportunities. But ten weeks out, do we really need to start right now? Do is there a specific cutoff date where if we can't have the teams back on campus? Uh, that we need to start talking about pushing the season. Like, I, I I want kind of as many opinions as I can get on this. No right or wrong answer. Just let, let, Tommy, we'll start with you, and then we'll just kind of go around. Whoever has opinions, jump in. It, it is a tough question because you're used to doing the whole summer training program thing, and then you get into what is technically fall camp. So the summer training thing lasts, you know, like two months. Um, we could call it eight weeks. So, and then you have you have to have a you know dead period in there somewhere, and then, um. Then you, I don't even the door. <laughs> and then you have, um, then you have your two weeks. So I, I think realistically, I think it's hard to say. I think four is probably fine. You have two weeks of kind of like a, a pretty heavy regimented training camp so they can kind of work back to close to football shape. Then you have two weeks of what would normally be the, the, the fall camp summer slash fall camp thing. And then you get into the season. So I think four would be, Cutting it close, I think six is safe. I, I'm gonna, I'm a, I agree with that. I feel like with these, with these kids in certain high school, they're young. It's not gonna take them a lot to get into shape. I think the main concern about getting them back early is from a safe, like from a safety standpoint, how are they gonna be dealing with the playbook? Because I'm not necessarily worried about get them getting in shape, but there could be missed assignments depending on missed plays because you haven't had those many repetitions. And that could lead to like a clean hit on somebody wide. Like it could lead to, um, you know, stuff like that where, oh, this person, this lineman is supposed to do this on this play, but because he hasn't had time with the playbook, now he, he misses the assignment and then there's a clean shot on the running back or quarterback. So I think that's where the issue is. I don't think there's an issue as far as getting them into shape because they're young, they're ready to get after it and they've been, you know, doing what they've had to do during quarantine. I think that's kind of on the coach, though, right? Like, I mean, you got to know who knows what. 
Yeah, that's true. So I think that's going to it's going to depend on how well these coaches have been preparing these kids during this process and how well they've been uh, been able to get their message across through Zoom and through these uh, online meetings that they've been having. Bodie. Yeah, no, I agree. I mean, there's probably not a perfect set time, I think, for for different systems. They may want more time than others. And depending Mm. how much uh, leniency some of the programs have had this offseason of whether it's been player run practices or whether they've been able to organize as a club team or some of the districts that I know haven't seen their kids back since March. So I don't think there's an exact time. But as Tommy said, I think somewhere in the four to six week range. Um, and then leading up as, as you get close to, and I, I think they'll be able to play a scrimmage. Um, so I think that'll help that, that week leading up, but um, I don't think there's a, a set time overall, but somewhere in that, in that month range, I think would be pretty close to ideal. So one month out from training camp starting in games or one month out from exercising before training camp starts. Well, yeah, I mean, you'd like to think that a lot of the kids could be at least working out on their own now um, to hopefully cut down as much of that as you may need. Um, but yeah, I mean, sure, it, it'd be nice to have a month before training camp to get guys into shape, but I don't think that's really um, a realistic goal yeah. for a lot of teams. Let, it doesn't let, sound ideal right now. I, I, I know that I got uh, cited on Twitter by Andrew Clark last week after the show saying that I like to make coaches cry. Um, so I'm sure that some of the stuff I'm going to say is going to be a little agitating towards people, but you mentioned playbooks, complexity, missed assignments. Is it maybe something that I, I I'm an idiot for just saying this, but who cares how complex your playbook is? Like, wouldn't you rather just focus on not stressing about having to do extra PPE and COVID stuff and extra loopholes like that and or any sort of risking infections and just say, okay, great. We're going to only run, we're going to bring back the I form and we're going to run <laughs> left and right for the first two games. Like I, I just, I just don't, I don't see high school sports being so complicated with the offensive playbooks, maybe other than like six or seven teams in San Diego where you really, you know, you can, you have enough offensive weapons. I mean, is, 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 am I wrong in saying that? No, I don't think yeah, you're wrong. I, I think, I, oh no, go. I think to an extent, yes, just because it's an when you if you want to look at it, look at it like this. Imagine it's an arms race, right? And one school that the school that you're playing this week, you know that they've been practicing, uh, they've been have been able to get through these, uh, get through the loopholes and been able to practice with their teams, and you haven't been able to. So, at that point. Like, it's like, whoa, whoa, we're not even going to be ready. We are, we're going to do this run, right, run, left. But then you're already going to the game thinking, well, how ugly is this going to get? Because this other team has been able to practice. This other team has been able to install what they've been trying to do this whole time. And it's it could be a real, like, slippery slope with the disadvantages that it may bring, depending on who you face. Somehow I feel like Noah just made a great analogy for, like, the Cold War. And you'd yeah. make a great teacher in high school. Um, Colton, you. Colton, for you, you know, you were a player recently. How... If I told you that last year you guys could not do anything practice-wise in person up until the actual day that training camp started, how comfortable would you have felt? You know, Because you guys had a pretty good offense last year going into week one, only knowing that you had two weeks to get together. Well, I mean, I was under Westling, so I was used to being in the weight room the week after our last game of the previous season. So, you know, going in with a few weeks, 
would be very difficult. But honestly, I'd have to think about the kids making the jump from like the JV playbook to the varsity playbook. Mm. That's like, that's a big jump. It gets a lot more complicated. And then they only get a few weeks to adjust to varsity game speed. Like mm. it's a big jump. And I think teams that have a lot of sophomores and juniors starting, they, they would struggle a lot because those kids just wouldn't be ready for that big jump. That's a great point. That's a great point because just think about how slow the game was to them last year. Not only yeah. they're catching up to game speed period from not being able to play, but then to the varsity speed is just different. I remember yeah. going to your first varsity game, you get those, that scrimmage, you get that time in practice to really see the speed for the first time. But if you get to see that speed for the first time in the first game, that could cost you like three touchdowns and then what? And then that's <laughs> yeah. one game down on a short season. I went, well, I, I, I kind of... To Lincoln, and it's just the jump is insane. Like it's so hard to adjust to. You need you need an off season to get to it. I'll agree with that. That makes sense. But I, I going back to just knowing the plays and whatever it may be. If if you get a scrimmage in, then that kind of it, it helps it a little bit. Um, and if you get full contact practice for two weeks, that helps a little bit. But I, I going back to the playbook thing. I think every single team has a handful of plays that that's like their bread and butter, and that's what they run. And then everything else they run comes off of those plays. If that makes any sense. Yeah, yeah, there's me on that. So I think if you're limited to those first plays for the first couple of weeks, it's not the end of the world. And yeah, I know, I know what you're saying. Like some teams get to practice longer and stuff like that. But you also got to keep in mind every year that's already an advantage for teams that have guys who started as sophomores who've been on the team for now their third year going into it, third time in this third year in the system. They don't need the reps and stuff like that. So that's already an advantage that's kind of baked into the cake. If that makes any sense. So yeah, hey, I like that. I, I, I think I'm it's take the cake. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> uh, so it's not, I don't think that's the end of the world. I, I, I do think, and I'll go back to, to the point there. If you have a kid who's a freshman who has to play varsity, if he doesn't get to do tackling drills, full contact 11 on 11, and then has to go straight into a game after not having played for what is now almost a full year and on a completely different level, that is an issue. Uh, but if, again, like if, if there is time for scrimmages or even if you have to limit it to just, 11 on 11 against your own team. At least there's some sort of contact and some sort of understanding of what's expected. And yeah, I think we're going to see some wonky games in week one, just because this is weird, but I I think, I think it's very doable. Week one is going to be insane. That's all I know is that week one is going to be crazy because we're going to have no idea what's going on with any of these teams until we actually see them in action and get to figure out, uh, you know, what all these teams really are. I think that the, the, the two distinctions that I'm hearing are multiple levels. So I, I maybe the question is, should varsity be allowed to come back or, or not versus JV be allowed to come I, back or not? I would almost do it the opposite. I would let the JV kids have one week and then the varsity kids because you maybe you're going to have to have some of those kids on varsity. Actually, well, you can't really police that because... Are, then, are we but, still doing that? Is there still going to be a JV season? Well, that's where I was going. Is is Does it become worth it to differentiate all the numbers or is it easiest to just sort of say, hey, look... You can have as you know. You can have your program back. Just don't split it up too wide. Make make it just just varsity or something like that. Well, and that that's that's another uh, that just brings up a whole different other element of problems because we don't like. There's some schools who might have the numbers to do that, but then there's some schools who already didn't have the numbers to have two teams, and then now because of COVID, there's less participation. So it'd be tough to, like depending on what school you're at if you could even make have enough to make even full 11 on 11 teams it had, I, as i know didn't bishops last year had like what like 20 kids or something like that or there yeah, was one tops. year where they only 
Yeah, it seemed like they had like five in the whole program. So let me ask my second question behind this is should football affect the rest of the season one sports? If there is a point where we are five weeks, six weeks from now, and the football community does not feel like as a whole they have received enough time with their athletes that they need to push the season back two weeks or what, like something like that happens. Should CIF push it back for everybody or can they allow, you know, the smaller groups of sports, the, the, the 12, the 20 water polo players, the 16 volleyball players back in action. If it's not, I was already on board with them starting golf. Well, because I think my question is, I don't feel like a lot of these other sports are necessarily clamoring for, we need all this lead up time. Like I think everything else just wants to get started on time and they don't need that run up. They just like, okay, great. December 17th. Like we're, we're good to go. Let's let. But so some other thing is, is right now, if I wanted to go play golf, I could by CDC guidelines. I could, if I wanted to go play tennis right now, I could by CDC guidelines. I could, There, there are certain sports that don't fall into the same category as some of these big team sports. I don't, even track and field to an extent, I think probably would be fine. But you, you just have to have less kids on the track at the same time. I, I, I don't, maybe you don't have a baton or something like that, but there, there's ways to make that work. And you're not standing next to each other for extended periods of time. So there's sports where it could work. And I, I think it's not fair to those kids. It's especially got like golf and tennis kids who could go play right now in public and no one would say anything, but they can't play for the school team. That to me doesn't make much sense. And I know they're trying to, make it fair for everyone and they don't want to start some and not the other. But realistically, I mean, there's no reason to take away someone's senior season and something. If you can literally go do it outside right now and nobody would care, even swimming, swimming races, you, you can go swim in the lap pool right now. So I, I don't, I don't see why you need to delay those guys or make them have to sit out or suffer. Bodie. No, I, I agree with Tommy. I mean, there with some of those sports that can start, especially, I mean, golf courses have been open for so long where the frustration and even, I mean, I've seen some tennis courts open as well. So um, the sports that, and I get that they don't want to have the the liability that way, but some of these easily socially distanced sports, um, I don't think there's any reason why they shouldn't already be starting, but well, it, I get it from the CIF's angle. I mean, the, the whole other argument is, I get the let us play, but as of now, CIF hasn't said anything that they're going to push it back. I know there may be concerns, but there's nothing. Um, well, there's yeah, nothing so, so, so the let us play, the best I can de- de- decipher is, is that the Sweetwater Unified School District is currently the school district that of all of the ones involved in this equation is being the most vocal and proactive about if you are a coach at one of our schools, you do not have any reason to be contacting one of our players in person right now. Do I have that as, as best as everyone understands it? Yeah, that seems correct to me. So everybody is, to me, interpreting the Sweetwater Unified's ruling on that as a proactive, uh, we are here to take sports out. We are here to end sports. When in actuality, in factuality, the best that I can decipher from everything that I have looked up is that they are just simply maintaining a very proactive stance of CIF is not saying you can come back until this date, so we're not going to let anyone come back until this date. And we don't want it to happen under the guise of travel ball or AAU or club or anything like this. Just stay your distance. Help us lower these numbers so that we can actually get started when CIF starts. Is that correct as far as everyone understands it? 
Yeah. To my yes. So that's where I think it's just uh, it's a it's a convolution of facts maybe right now and everything getting a little twisted because I don't think anything has at all actually been announced about sports being canceled or pushed back. I I have no factual understanding of how that would have of anything like that going on. Yeah, no, I mean, as far as I've seen, and and not that our districts made a specific announcement, but in recent stuff, we have appeared to mirror the southern section section as much as possible. And I know their statement earlier in the week was um, at this time, there's no change in calendars. We're we're planning to begin stuff as as originally announced um, in uh, mid-December. I'm forgetting the exact date, but um, that everything's on as as normal for now. Well, and that's where I think it's interesting because to me, football is the sport that feels like our players need so much time leading up to this season. And nobody else, I mean, granted, there are not a ton of other sports that like water polo does not have a huge social media base and army, but you don't see other than a, a select few handful of, of sports, any students from these other sports being like, our volleyball team needs these extra hours to figure out our offense. But some of these other sports are just as timing and complicated related. So I, I think it's an interesting clamoring that football feels like they need all this extra time and they need all of the rules bent around their perspective and their universe. Um, it's uh, it's interesting. I, I don't think, though, it's anything worth struggling about because I can't perceive right now sports being pushed back any further. I would agree. I mean, some of the other states uh, we cover and I've been working on have been going where, I mean, in Mississippi and Arkansas, we're now into weeks five and six. And yeah, there've been some cancellations and week by weeks team may teams may have to on a Monday scramble and find, Oh, this team can't play for two weeks. Okay. Let's see if there anyone else in the state. Is there anyone in a, in a regioning section or um, close by state that, that we can find a game with. I think that may, be something that teams have to do throughout the year but I mean you take it week by week and um, just make sure that the the kids can get back out on the field because that's just important with really all these sports let's uh let's close this out just kind of going around with um something good anything good about high school sports because we need to play around of what's good after all this what's potentially negative um what's bad <laughs> yeah, what's bad uh, I'll, I'll start with what's good for me is the commitments keep coming. I was going to say the same thing. I mean, let, let, we can all talk about the commitments, and if you would just want to go to SD Prep Insider and read off names, you're welcome. But I think that uh, for me, I'll say what's good is that the commitments keep coming in the random sports, like a Rancho Bernardo wrestler and volleyball. Like, it, it, it's just I, what's good is the fact that we are a city that produces a wide variety of success. We're not just known for one thing. Tommy. Well, yeah, I was going to kind of piggyback on that because I uh, – I love following your Instagram and basically without sports. Now the, the main thing we are posting is just kids in their college sweaters and stuff like that. And this is so exciting for these kids. I know it's kind of a bummer. They don't get to have the normal, you know, you know, signing day and all that kind of cool stuff that kids get to do, but people are finding a way to make it happen. And I, I think more importantly, I, I think a lot of these kids are very concerned with potentially not playing their senior year. What would happen with their college, you know, prospects and stuff like that. And it's good to see that some of these kids are, are um, still finding a way to make it happen anyway. So good for them. And um, just, again, follow our Instagram if you want to keep seeing some more uplifting stuff in a what seems like a news cycle that is never, never good news. Bodie DeSilver from Scorebook Live. What's good? Nope. All right. We lost everybody. Is our Twitch thing going too long? No, I think it's the Zoom thing and, oh, and combined minutes. with my internet. Um, well, we were right at the very end of the show anyway, folks. So Tommy... 
well, we will do our, our best to dismount on this and say thank What's you. What's good is probably Bodhi, but Bodhi's going to say is the shoes I'm wearing right now. Yeah, he always deal. has good shoes. That, that, we'll, we'll follow us on SD Prep Insider at Instagram. Uh, we will have Bodhi De Silva's shoes for the day, even though he was not with us. Thank you, everybody, for following us. We will be back every week till the season starts with shows. We're going to get interviews started again next week, probably. we got more big announcements coming. We're going to be adding some other stuff, some play-by-play, some other cool, really stu- awesome stuff like that. Uh, Tommy, we're going to have a lot of fun this season. Also, for those of you who've been watching on Twitch, my controller was broken in the first, first race. And we're also so. not paying great attention, so, you know, <laughs> eh. Laser focused. This might this might not get quite as widely broadcast on the the actual visual stream. Probably but hey, not. as I say, those of you listening, you're smart cookies. If you really if you if you're hearing this audio wise and you're really trying to figure out how to watch this, you'll figure it out. Thank you very much, everyone, for checking in. We will talk to you soon, sports fans. You all stay safe out there.